Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the Heavenly Authority series. We've been discussing divisions in the church, and we've been employing the book of 1 Corinthians for this section, which I'd like to move the study through today. Uh, but first, I want to begin with the scripture I read as we left off last time. It's from 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'll read from verses 2 to verse 4, and I'd like you really to focus on verse 3. Paul writes, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. And again, you have the symbolism of the bride and the bridegroom. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity, simplicity, that is in Christ, simplicity or singleness. Simplicity or singleness, and some manuscripts add simplicity and purity, that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. And he's saying that they are too open to teachings and instructions by others that are off the path from the pure, simple, single gospel of Jesus Christ and how he desired to present that church as a chaste virgin, as one dedicated only to Jesus, married only to Jesus. But even as Eve was deceived by the craftiness of Satan, He's afraid that they will accept those, they will well put up with those who come in teaching something different, receiving something different, a different gospel. Then the simplicity, the singleness, the purity that is in Christ. Now, you know, we speak about the simplicity of our faith. There are many facets to our faith. There are many things we need to know. My people perish for lack of knowledge. There is godly knowledge. And you know, we can, as long as we live, there's still more the Lord can show us from the Bible. There's always more that he shows us and reveals to us. But the foundation, it is all based on a personal relationship with the Lord. The foundation of the believer to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's very simple. You don't need tons of knowledge to be saved. All you need to do is give your life to Jesus Christ. It is the foundation. Very simple, very singular, very pure. And Paul is constantly working with his church at Corinth because they're too fast to go after a different foundation or to tolerate something other than the simplicity in Jesus Christ. And what we've been comparing in 1 Corinthians really is the pure simplicity, the simple gospel of Jesus, the true faith of the Lord Jesus Christ versus, versus human, fleshly, worldly, carnal, human religion. And we've read through 1 Corinthians and we've seen that what Paul is speaking about is religion based upon pride in human wisdom, pride 
in human teaching, persuasive words, a false religion that has politics and power corrupting, causing envy and strife and divisions. And really, this is how division comes into the church. It comes through false religion. It comes through a human form of religion with forceful personalities drawing people to themselves and then laying other foundations than that of Jesus Christ. Or if they build on the foundation of Christ, they do it with hay and straw and useless traditions. Boasting in men, boasting in a select group rather than boasting in God. And thinking and going beyond. Remember last time we studied going beyond that which is written in God's holy word. Adding, trying to add to what God has given us in the simplicity of the gospel. And you have people that come in, these forceful personalities, that have motives that are insincere. That look like they're doing the work of God, but they're not. And when you have this man-made form of religion, this religious system versus the simplicity of Christ, you will ultimately have division in the church. Because you have those being puffed up, becoming arrogant, becoming partisans, and the result is that the temple becomes defiled. The temple begins to split. The body begins to divide. Forgetting that every believer has received this simple, singular, pure gospel of Christ, and there's really nothing to boast about. Rather, every person in the church, from the apostle all the way down, should be thankful for God's grace and his mercy. And these divisions, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, and really, Paul says, if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we left off last time, verse 6, he says, now, these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. He's figuratively transferred this teaching, applying it to Peter and Apollos and himself. But from First and Second Corinthians, as you read it, you see that there are other teachers, other instructors that are not so faithful stewards as those three who think themselves leaders and they're not and they're causing trouble. And because they have such dynamic personalities, they're able to pull people toward themselves, forgetting the simplicity of what was laid by the prophets and the apostles into a false wisdom, into a human religion. And when you come then down to verse 8, you have a shift in tone from what we've been reading, which might really confuse us unless we understand a basic human condition. And to do that, let me bring us back to Matthew chapter 23. Again, that section where Jesus teaches against the scribes and the Pharisees, the ways of the scribes and the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 23, this time we'll go down to verse 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion, greed, pillage, extortion, and self-indulgence, indulging oneself. It looks good on the outside. 
They give a good presentation. They might be able to speak wonderful words, religious-sounding words, and yet inside they're filled with greed and self-indulgence. Verse 26, blind Pharisees. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, actors, pretenders, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear, appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. And what Jesus is speaking to them about as religious leaders, it's the same in Israel as it is in the church. Dead religion, religion that is apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from the simplicity in Christ, they look beautiful outwardly. They may have great structures. They may adorn themselves with wonderful garments. But inside, he says, you're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. That greed, that extortion, that self-indulgence, all unrighteousness is inside. And that's what's really driving this false religion, this pseudo-Christianity, not the outward appearance that looks good and might appear holy to the people, but self-indulgence and greed on the inside is motivating their actions and will destroy the church. And then he goes on in verse 28, Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And then here's where we get to the key. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs, you build the tombs of the prophets, and adorn the monuments of the righteous. Let me read it again. Because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Therefore, you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets." They say when they speak to the people, we would never have done what they did generations back to the prophets of old, how they treated Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the prophets. We would not have done that. We are of them. And look at the great monument, the tomb we build to them. And we adorn it, and we use their names. They adorn the tombs of the righteous and make monuments to them. If you look at the similar section in Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, verse 43, Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. We read that, we studied that weeks back in Matthew 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like graves which are not seen, and the men who walk over them are not aware of them. Then one of the lawyers answered and said to him, Teacher, by saying these things, you reproach us also. And he said, Woe to you also, lawyers, the scribes, for you load men with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Verse 47, Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. In fact, you bear witness that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed kill them, and you what? You build their tombs. Therefore the wisdom of God also said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was shed 
from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the temple. Yes, I say to you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in you hindered. Your fathers killed them, and you build their tombs. When you think about Abel, he mentions Abel here, the blood of the righteous. Abel typifies the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They had sinned. God gave them the prescription for their sins, the salvation, the substitutionary sacrifice. Abel obediently brings the sacrifice to show his sinfulness, and the little lamb is killed. Cain, his brother, wants to bring the fruit. He wants to change it, but he's still religious. He doesn't just run off in rebellion and say, I want none of this. He wants to be a little religious. This is the danger in the church. This is the danger of human, carnal, worldly religion. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Our church website again is www.shiar.com. Jashub.org. That's S H E A R hyphen J A S H U B dot O R G. You'll find information about our church, articles of faith, and directions to our 10 a.m. Sunday service in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. And please join us next time for another edition of Shi'ar Jashub.